This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put an inch on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Oh, hey. Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know. They're both good. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) So as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hi again, my lovely lumps. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. I've invited a dear friend of mine, Shannon Valance, in. Um, and just to give you a little rundown on this epic woman, Shannon's a certified trauma counselor, NLP practitioner, is trained in hypnosis and spiral somatics, completed two, not one, but two Reiki masterships and studied shamanic practice in service of cacao. So this bitch is obviously an overachiever. <laughs> Just kidding. I love that for you. Um, Shannon's work invites women into the realm of the fierce feminine, removing shame from the naturally wild nature of woman and encouraging the radical embrace of unique self. So basically Shannon is all about you being, well, you, and unpacking the boxes of social, familial, and ancestral conditioning to ultimately uncover the fabulous weirdness, creativity, and purpose that resides inside. Using ancient practice, contemporary understanding, and lots of joy and laughter, I can attest to that, Shannon supports women to come home to themselves, home to a place where they feel safe in their bodies so they can walk in the world with a purpose that brings us all to life. She teaches women to work with ancient energies with her courses, events, and one-on-one sessions, providing outcomes of radical self-acceptance and incredible connection to spirit. Wow, epic. So 
Shannon is someone who I really admire and respect for many reasons, but one of the main reasons is um, her way of living outside of the norm or the expected blueprint that we're conditioned to follow when it comes to things like our lifestyle or our careers or, you know, even just how we interact socially. And so I've brought her into the Labia Lounge today to discuss the art of living outside the box and how through her work she helps support women to create a way of living and thinking and moving in the world that is truly unique and authentic to them. How to go from the unconscious patterns and belief systems that run our lives and have us just like cruising foggily through the years to a more conscious, mindful and meaningful existence filled with rewarding purpose and passion and connection. So... Welcome to the Labia Lounge, my love. Well, what an intro. My God, <laughs> I want to work with me after listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I fucking, yeah, exactly. Um, that's why I wanted to invite you onto the potty. And it's just so exciting, like, seeing what you're doing in the world and, like, the massive impact that you're already having. And I can just feel, you know, just the huge potential of what you're still yet to do and going to achieve because yeah. you you are seriously someone with a fucking mission. <laughs> <laughs> that I am indeed. You know, I'm hugely passionate um, about the work I do. It really comes from my soul um, mm. and that's what I love to teach others to do as well is really to live that soul-led life and just let go of these you know, ridiculous um, expectations that are particularly on women. And, you know, I work with women, so I talk a lot about women, but I don't mm. necessarily exclude men in these, these um, uh, you know, words that I use. But, um, but, yeah, my focus is definitely women. Yeah, amazing. And you've sent quite a few clients my way for yoni mapping sessions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and it's so cool because I hear from a lot of these women who, um, you know, work with you, whether it's with your trainings um, or retreats or one-on-one, -on -one. usually they sign up for one thing and then do all the things because they just love your work so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I hear from them when they come and have sessions with me that, you just have been having this profound impact um, like on their lives and I'm seeing that they're like something that I've noticed is in common with these women is they're really starting to shed old beliefs or like patterns and ways of living that no longer serve them and adopting a more authentic and alive path like for themselves whether it's like career like some of them have quit their jobs and started their own business or like they're leaving relationships that don't serve them and like changing yeah. totally transforming their lifestyles so like what's happening here how are you helping them just free themselves of the shit that was holding them back or keeping them stuck they're becoming wild <laughs> <laughs> and going after what they want rather than what you know they've been programmed to um, go for. So, you know, they, they start to experience, you know, real pleasure and real happiness. And um, once they start to experience that, there's a natural, um, there's a natural want for more. Um, but look, there's, there's so, I don't know where to start, Freya, because there's so <laughs> many layers. Um, <laughs> there's so many layers to this, this journey. Um, and a lot of women do make huge fundamental shifts when they step into to this work. And one of the first things um, 
that I wanted to, to, to talk about is, you know, I'm very polarising, um, you know, with the work that I do. People mm. either, you mentioned like people will step in and then they do everything. And sometimes <laughs> they get embarrassed because they're like, I feel like I've become your stalker. But it's, it's, like it's, a natural, it's a natural thing because it's so empowering, the work. And if it aligns with you, it, it just it, it becomes its own thing. It becomes its own energy where um, I am literally just providing the foundational structure, the safety zone, the, you know, the place where women can come in and do their work. And it's doing the work of, you know, letting go of all this conditioning. But, you know, before you can let go, you have to recognise your behaviour. You have to recognise what is conditioning and what is me. Um, so that's really the first, the first step of, um, you know, I call it becoming, you know, learning to become um, the curious uh, witness of self. Mm, cool. cool. So rather than buying in to everything, we start to witness our own behavior without judgment. Just like, oh, isn't that interesting? You know, or isn't this interesting about um, who I am and and or who I think I am and how I behave? Mm. Um, and when you can really start to witness yourself, you and others, you know, interactions with others it starts to become blatantly obvious um, about what is you, like what is your, your, your soul um, drive versus what is just this pattern that I've picked up along the way. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I've kind of gone through my own... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like to use the word awakening, but I can't really think of a better term for what it feels like it, because you it, kind of it's just a good description because yeah. people understand what that is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we'll talk more about that um, in a little bit. But I wanted to, I wanted to like, I guess the main thread that I wanted to focus on in this episode is this whole kind of way of like living authentically living outside the box like mm. I see one of your main gifts or strengths as being like the fact that you like fully live and breathe this shit like you live outside the box you help others to do this too so like can you chat a bit about how or like why you're in the biz of getting outside the box when it comes to personal growth and spirituality um you know I am completely soul-led in the way that I live. So I work towards things. Um, I'm incredibly guided by spirit, which is where the spirituality aspect comes in. But I'm also incredibly practical in being able to bring through the guidance from spirit into actuality, into this mm. human experience that we have. Um, and I think... The difference for me in a lot of what I do is that process. So I'm able to step it into the real world, if you like. And, you know, we can witness lots of people who have incredible connection to spirit, but their lives are just fucked. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> 
Oh my God. Come on. Are you, are you even asking me that? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. It just comes flying out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, their lives are just, and not from a point of judgment, but they will tell you, like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get my life together. I have this weird relationship with, you know, um, the fundamentals of human life. They get mm. so caught up in the, in, in the spiritual or the invisible worlds. Mm. And so I guess what I'm doing or, or, or what I've been really successful in doing is, is combining or, or working through the process of, having that really strong connection to spirit um, and finding mm. the way to bring that through into the world. So you're not just batshit crazy. Like, you know, I am batshit crazy. I don't deny that for a second, but I'm also incredibly um, uh, practical in my applications. Mm. Yeah. So what that means is, you know, I find ways to be authentically myself in this world. I'm not separate from this world. I'm not off in a commune or I'm not off sitting on top of a hill. I'm actively part of this world, um, but I am me. And mm. I'm me from a soul-led point of view. So for a lot of people, that is fucking challenging mm. when you see someone who is successful in every way um, from this earth, but also, you know, is having a conversation with a dragon and is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and is completely comfortable in their own body, um, who, you know, embraces, you know, embraces who they are as, as, as a beautiful um, offering to the world rather than walking around with this cast of shame um, that, you know, I, I, you know, to make myself smaller or, and again, this, you know, for lack of better words, but, you know, I am mm. who I fucking am. There is no box. Mm. And it, it, it's like, you, you know, I used to many years ago, um, now I used to desperately try and put myself in a box, desperately. I was just trying to find a box that I could get into. But mm. there was there just these boxes just wouldn't contain who I was. And slowly, you know, through, you know, an extraordinarily painful awakening, <laughs> I started to recognise that um, actually there is no box. Why does there have to be a box? Actually, fuck the box. Fuck all those boxes. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and now I actively work against boxes. So, you know, I'm supporting women to recognize that they're actually sitting in a box and mm -hmm. if we just remove that box and provide a safe space for them to explore well who am I if I'm not jamming myself in these boxes oh man magic happens and it just my whole body responds when I see these women begin to witness who they are because who they are is so incredible and it's so much more than any fucking box that they've been living in. It's this, you know, extraordinary thing, the expression on their face when they just get that little glimpse of who they are outside of all of that. Mm. Um, and, you know, this is my sole work. This is, this is what brings me to life. And I'm lucky enough that it's so well received. And, 
that, you know, when women um, uh, witnessing me live my life and they begin to witness their own life, um, they start to live. And that's when they say, you know what, that shitty relationship I'm in with that that jerk who, who doesn't respect me and who I tiptoe around, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Mm. Um, that job that drains my fucking soul, um, <laughs> but, you know, I keep doing it because I've got to pay my rent, I'm actually going to start actively, actively looking for alternatives. So, but again, here's the thing, here's the difference. Because there's lots of people who are doing incredible work out there. But the second part um, is just as important as the first. You know, the awareness, the witnessing, the, um, you know, recognising how much more we are than what we're told. Um, But then bringing that into practical life. Because there's lots of there's lots of people who who have awakenings and then they just they just you know the tower card comes into mind you know from from the tarot they just their whole life crumbles and it's a bloody mess totally so, and it's just like and everyone's just looking at them like what are you doing because there's no rhyme nor reason they just sort of run with this experience mm. however they've experienced it they run with it and then it's chaos where the second part is so important. It's about witnessing, not making decisions in these moments when we are um, birthing. We don't make decisions then. We allow the birthing to be whole and then we start to look at how do I bring this practically into my earth life? How do I actually now bring my soul being, my, my soul presence into my life? not back into a fucking box, into my life in a way that is beneficial for me, beneficial for others, and um, it has impact. Mm, yeah, epic. I think it's really important yeah. to note that sort of um, that piece where you manage to integrate, like, you know, find a balance between the practical and the actual world that we have to live in day to day. And then also being, you know, spiritually connected. And like, I find those can sometimes be rare to get in the same person. Like if, if, um, if you are, you know, having, I mean, there's, there's a whole book about like, um, the dangers of having a big kundalini awakening if if your nervous system and your oh, yeah. soul isn't ready to handle that and you're not kind of supported with the networks and um, even sort of prepared by a bit of education around it, it could just be fucking disastrous. And so it is oh, really cool. And, and I, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of that. I've, I've, mm. I've spent a lot of time cleaning up, um, you know, other practices that mm-hmm. have been taught without structure, without foundational practices yeah um you know i run a course called meet the serpent and i've never done kundalini stuff but i had a vision and and spirit told me you 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 will run this this course um and part of it is before i even start talking to them about the medicine of serpent and about um you know what she brings into your life we are doing practical exercises about how to be a witness, about how to regulate emotions as, mm. as they come up, how to recognise. 
So it doesn't become this dramatic, chaotic experience because mm. there's a lot of drama addicts out there. They, they love it, right? Love the yeah. screaming, love the yeah. you know, <laughs> tearing my life life apart. Like, yeah. You know, but it's completely, it, it's, it's not, um, I want to say practical, and, and, and that's, that's, that's probably the best word, as boring as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not sustainable. It's not, it's, you can't really, like, integrate that into a sort of well-balanced, healthy lifestyle, and it's just, it is, yeah, it's, I've, I've seen that, I've had that kind of almost happen as well, like, back when I was diving into a fair bit of tantric um, work and going to tantric trainings, like, I went to a couple where, the practitioners just super irresponsibly basically trying to elicit these big sort of extravagant like releases and like awakenings and like, you know, going into those full body convulsions and all of the stuff. And I kind of had like, I guess you would call it a Kundalini awakening, but you know, my nervous system wasn't ready to handle it. There was no aftercare. There was no education. It was just like, all right, cool. Weekend workshops over. See you later. Have fun with those convulsions. And I got like, full-blown um adrenal fatigue like burnout from and I went to see so many different practitioners being like what the fuck um and a lot of them were kind of like well there's just so much huge energy that's surging but your nervous system has no fucking scaffolding to actually like let that run through um harmlessly like it's kind of hitting blocks it's like doing this it's doing that and I I didn't really understand it it was just like oh well now anytime anyone touches me I go into convulsions and that's pretty inconvenient um you should fucking Mm. see me in the bedroom I bloody used to headbutt people and knee them in the like it was just really like it was totally uncontrollable and it didn't feel good it didn't feel healthy it was like oh god and I still, like, I've kind of worked on it over the years. It was quite a few years ago. But I still get convulsions and I still, I don't think that they're quite so um, out of control or damaging now. Like, I can kind of handle the energy yeah. and it's calmed down. But, um, yeah, it was really, like, I, I did go through a few years of just shocking health um, and energy levels and all sorts of funny shit kind of happened from that. And, um, yeah, it's really... It's really irresponsible when when that's being encouraged, and I think that sometimes happens when people are taking these ancient practices out of context and they're bringing them over to the West and they're charging yeah. a bunch of money to like give you this big old exorcismy experience that looks really cool outwardly, and it's like, wow, that's wow, something big happened. There you go, you're you're woken up now, and then yeah, see you like later. Demonstration, yeah, demonstration of hysteria, and it's mm. it's um, it's performative leadership. Um, it's extracting these experiences from people. And it's very, once you know how, it's very easy. You know, I'm hypnotically trained, so you can elicit all sorts of things out of people's bodies if you want to. And Mm -hmm. I've witnessed some of these facilitators doing just that. Whether they're consciously doing it or not, I have no idea. That Mm -hmm. they're certainly using language um, to set people up where it's almost if you don't have some sort of convulsion convulsion or s- screaming fit, you haven't done the work. And mm. it's just not true. The most amazing, profound experiences can happen in silence, in totally. absolute silence. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and, and sometimes there is sound and that's okay, but it's when, you know, it's when it's elicited um that you know i really take issue with that stuff and really Mm. take issue with 
people pulling things out. I work in a, you know, people find it um, amazing that I, I work in such a permissive way. I am never, um, ever working in a way where I'm digging around in inside someone, so to speak. So even with the energy work, um, you know, when I'm working in an energetic field, uh, you know, you can see all sorts of things or you can feel into all sorts of things in people's bodies. And, you know, a lot of practitioners, again, their, their intention is, is good. I don't doubt their intention. But they'll just be going in and grabbing its stuff and shifting things for their clients energetically with no thought about, okay, I might actually put someone into a healing crisis when I'm doing this. I might actually impact their nervous system. I might actually, might actually impact their mental health by um, doing this. Mm. Where how I work is I'm working um, with the systems and it's a permissive exchange. So mm-hmm. I will um, connect to that person's body and wait for them to offer up what it is they're here to let go of. Mm. And together we work. Yeah. Together. So there's this permission the whole way through. Mm. Um, you know, and I do that whether I'm using my words or I'm working energetically or however I'm working with the beautiful human who's with me, um, there's a permission the whole way through. Yeah. And so important. So fucking important. Having that consent-based... Yeah. Yeah, co-creation, I suppose, in a session. That's exactly how I like to work as well. And I guess um, yeah. I've actually, I did an episode a little while ago with Bonnie Bliss around like the underbelly of the spiritual community mm. and some of these sorts of facilitation. I haven't listened um, to that one yet. I want to. Oh, my God, do it. You'll love it. <laughs> I think you'll be cackling because yeah. um, it's so relatable for anyone that has delved into that space I feel like you know there's there's a flip side of the coin that you've got to look out for um and of often ab- an abuse of power and authority and but anyway you know that's a different epi but um I think it's beautiful totally. that you are able to give this gift of basically being a catalyst for change and like a bit of a circuit breaker for these women in a really mm. really safe gradual kind of held container um and yeah, I mean, I, I, I like had a little thought. I can't remember what you were talking about, but I just wanted to ask. Um, it's a little bit of a leap back, but like as you know, someone else, I'm, I'm also someone who lives like pretty, pretty far outside the box. I mean, like, hello, Vaj Masseuse over here. Um, it can be quite. That's isolated. why I love you. <laughs> yeah, that's how we get along. Um, but I mean, I know personally, like it can get quite isolating at times. And also like you, you were mentioned, oh, that's right. You were mentioning you're quite polarizing for people, um, who mm-hmm. come into contact with you because like, you know, you're different. And I know like me, you're pretty straight talking, like no nonsense. And I'm wondering, like, are people yeah. sometimes intimidated by you calling out the bullshit that you see? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have an experience of intimidation um, around me, and, mm. and it used to really, like, it used to really upset me because I'd be like, "Hold on, I'm such a loving motherfucker. Like, I am gonna love the shit out of you." You know, there'd be this sort of innate wanting people to know. I, actually, I'm a really nice person. You know, I'd, mm. I'd want to sort of like soothe them. Um, where now I'm just like, okay, you know, if that's <laughs> if that's your response. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm really comfortable with people's responses to me because I recognise it's not really about me. Mm. Um, I, I live 
so authentically and, you know, I'm bold in the way that I live. I make no apologies for being who I am or what I do um, and I'm confident in what I do. And I think one of the things, and and I absolutely hold myself accountable. So, you know, I don't have any issues with self-reflection. I, I can see who, who I am and I can see when I fuck up and I can see and, you know, I, I, I walk through it and I'm pretty open um, about it. You know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. hide any of it because I'm just a human, right? We're all just humans. We all do this human shit. Totally. Um, however, because I am that way, um, you know, when people meet me, they're either innately drawn to it. They're like, man, I want some of that. Teach me how you walk around in the world like that, right, with, mm. you know, Mrs. No Fucks. Like, <laughs> teach me how to be Mrs. No Fucks. But then because, you know, my feeling is because I'm so authentic, that can get really intimidating for others because yeah. even without me, and I kid you not, even without me speaking, people will decide they do not like me. Mm. Um, just my mere presence. <laughs> trigger. well, it triggers, it's, it triggers some people, hey, you know, like totally. It super triggers. And it's like I look at it now and I'm like, wow, I'm, you know, it's still work. Like I'm still, you know, part of my work is that is is triggering people is, you know. Um, and I suppose what it is is when or, or what I feel it is is when people get that sense of authenticity, of, you know, accountability, of integrity, if there's anything in them that struggles with that, it's almost like I am asking them to bring that forward. Mm. Um, It's almost like my very presence is asking them to acknowledge their own shadows, to acknowledge the parts of themselves that they hide or feel shame around. Um, Just my presence brings that up for them. Mm. And just my presence for some people can feel like an attack and I haven't said anything. I'm just, you know, living my own life and stuff and they're, They'll be like, oh, you know, like she just annoys the shit out of me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I was just picking my fruit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've I've experienced a little bit of that as well. And it's so funny, like my I guess it was a bit of a process or a bit of a journey for me to like and it's always, it's always a practice, you know, because I'm not immune to getting mm. triggered or getting offended or taking things personally. Like definitely it's pretty rare um, compared to most people or compared to how it used to be. But it's been a bit of a thing, like figuring out how to be, you know, just comfortable and embrace this about myself when like, yeah, I, I was copying a bit of backlash from those who just like aren't used to like I think a lot of people would prefer to just do this like elaborate dance or like play socially acceptable little games instead of just like straight shooting and so people oh, find me a bit blunt yes. and a bit too sharp and I'm like hey but yes, it's actually dancing. yeah like fuck that I think that's just like the dancing it's, it's like sick. <laughs> because you ref- you're not you're not playing that because you're not sort of like getting in step with the dance mm. that they're used to playing, the social, socially acceptable dance, mm. because you're sort of walking in there with your own, the beat of your own drum, 
they can be like, hold on, uh, you're meant to be dancing with me here. Like, you know, like what what's going on? Where's your mask? Where's your, you know, where's your um, socially acceptable stuff? And I'll just be like, what fucking socially acceptable stuff? I don't mm. want to be socially acceptable. I want to be me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I am not socially acceptable in a lot of situations. Yeah, um, same. But... You know, when I when I'm where I am, um, where I am able to do my work, I am socially acceptable. Um, mm, mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's more, I'm acceptable when I'm, you know, being where I'm meant to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. In in your like natural habitat, in your sort of flow zone, and also I feel like like with me, like in my work, I think one of my gifts is actually being very like uh accessible and relatable and and quite adaptable so that I can be a safe space for people and that they can feel comfortable with me and it's not like I'm um not doing that in day-to-day life I just I don't know I think it's like when I'm in a, a space where it is my zone of genius or whatever you want to call it and I'm with like people mm. um who are kind of on a similar wavelength, it, it's beautiful and it flows and, and I'm really good at helping people feel comfortable with me and safe. And then on the opposite end of that, like sometimes out in the world, like if it's someone from just such a different end of the spectrum to me or just such a different um, kind of realm, ah, oh, fuck, it's just exhausting and, and I can't be bothered and I'm just not going to like hop, skip and jump and do the dance and um, basically perform to keep the other people at ease because um, that's 100%. draining for me and I don't think it's doing anyone any favours. So, But, it, yeah, yeah. It is a, it's a tricky thing to, to find a balance that's not also going to drain you because I think when I first realised that I was kind of different and maybe a bit polarising to people, I would almost like go extra hard on that front and push back when people were kind of reacting to that and I would be really indignant and like almost kind of, yeah, kind of like an angry, like angry feminist, yeah. you know, doing a bit more damage than it, good. Yeah, but that's, that also ends up being, you know, a judgment on our behalf. So it's like when we start getting um, annoyed at people for not um, accepting us or, or, or whatever it is, then for me I'm actually encroaching, I feel that I'm actually encroaching on on their experience they're they're allowed to be who they are or who they think they are Mm. whatever the Mm -hmm. scenario is um you know so there is that fine line between um you know becoming sort of like this aggressive aggressor and becoming the thing (laughs) that you are judging them for being which is judgmental and you know unaccepting (laughs) and it's like yeah that's exactly what I was kind of getting at like it is a fine line and it's an interesting journey to find that balance where like you're not kind of going out of your way to make people feel triggered or uncomfortable and like digging your heels in even more you just you know you're just doing you and then sometimes I just sort of like you know I pick my battles or I slightly slightly adapt to the company that I'm in because I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and like sometimes it's nice to push them a little bit out of their comfort zone 
But if I feel like it would just be completely way out of, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push that on them like non-consensually and just drop them into this really awkward situation. Like that's also not. Well, the minute, the minute that you're thinking about it, it's becoming a performance and then you're just as guilty as what everyone else is doing. It's, you know, the whole, the whole key is, is, you know, walking in your authenticity is effortless once you've understood what that is and once you've done the work to be able to to be there because you're just being you there is no performance there is no and this is where people get so fucking uncomfortable because they can't they can't manipulate they can't do the things that they've always done to get by and these are these are learned behaviors you know they're not I'm not suggesting that people are innately um, vindictive or manipulative um Actually, they are innately manipulative, but, <laughs> um, you know, it can be positive or negative. But, um, you know, the, the, what I'm suggesting is that they're so used to these games, they're so used to this stuff that it it's really disarming when you don't play. It's really disarming when they're like, hold on, this stuff isn't working. Mm. Um, what, what do I do? So then it feels like an attack sometimes on them. They feel mm. sometimes attacked or just very uncomfortable because... They can't manipulate the situation. Mm. You know, like if I yeah. find someone, you know, attempting to do stuff like that with me, I'll just say, okay, what's what's happening for you right now? Mm. And, and they, they, sometimes they can freak out because you know, <laughs> they're just not used to people going, okay, what's happening? Let's let's talk about this. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then they're just like, ah, Attack, attack, she's attacking me. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's a thing. Um, it's a thing. And when people can't categorize yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah. yeah, they're just a bit confused by the whole thing and it can be confronting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think. And I they think don't, you know, people don't, some, some people just don't want to be made aware that they are part of a performative dance. They just, they just, it's more comfortable for them to not to be. And the only place I really, where I do take exception to it is when it's perform, performative leadership, like this bugs me because I think, you know, when we step out into the world as leaders, um, for me, my personal philosophy is we become models to those that we are um, educating, teaching, coaching, whatever it is, you know, that we label what we're doing. We're in leadership, right? Um but when you get performative leaders where they give one face to their to their students and they have other faces in other parts of their the world, mm. um, you know, that that gets on my tits. Totally. Um, it sets people up for failure and that's unfair. Mm. That's unfair. Um, you know, and, and that's why I'm so authentic in what I do where people can see you know, if I come up against an obstacle in myself or in my life, you know, I use it as a teaching platform mm. um, and I'm pulling on the tools that, that I have to um, and I'm very open about what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not just like, you know, polishing a turd and, and, and <laughs> you know, sparkling to the world. I'm, I'm yeah. very real about yeah. where I'm at. I'm also very real that, you know, a few years ago, um, you know, I might not have, had particular experiences that I have now and there's no shame around that. There's no shame around, um, you know, growth. Totally. You see these people who spit, polish everything and it's just it's just lies. It's lies and it's marketing. Mm. Um, 
And for me, there's there's no room for that when we're working with people's souls. Mm, there's, there's, yeah. I'm not against marketing, and I'm not against that, but but make it real, make it make it honest, mm, big um, time. and stop performing to the camera. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm big advocate of that, and I'm the first person to sort of show my flaws and my experience, what I'm going through, and I guess that's why I love having a podcast now because I feel like I am kind of censored on the platforms that I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk about all, yeah. all this stuff, and so now I can just do whatever the fuck I want and say whatever the fuck I want yes. on this podcast, so that people can get an even more accurate and authentic. Um, glimpse into me and my life and who I am because then if they want if they want to work with me after all that then they want to work with me you know and that's because they're resonating with me not with some polished pedestalized version of me that I'm putting out on social media um but yeah I want to chuck in the segment oh sorry go sorry go ahead no, I'm a, talk, I was, I'm a talker. You know that. You know. That <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to um get us back on track and do the segment. Get pregnant and die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise. Do you have a story or an anecdote or an example of how your sex education? failed you oh look I just I didn't have a sex education it was yeah. <laughs> oh, I suppose I did but it was it was incredibly toxic you know I came from a family that um they were they were much older than me like I was the youngest by nine years and you know mm. my next my oldest sibling was 16 years older than me so I was definitely like this little baby um in a very mature world um, and just, you know, typically uh, toxic of like, you know, it was I was born in 1975, so I was really sort of, you know, probably in the early 80s and mid-80s where, you know, you, you're sort of like looking around and, and um, getting a sense of, of things and, and just an incredibly toxic um, uh, relationship with sex from my parents to my siblings. It was a very sexually active household um there was very little protection there was you know lots of confusing um experiences in Mm. what sex was and uh, because you know I'd had um experiences of sexual abuse from a very young age Mm. um there was just all these different filters that I was viewing sex through and Mm. ultimately um sex for me just became a thing that you know, if somebody wanted to have sex with me, then that was like a, it was like a, um, oh, I'm acceptable. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. that was literally what, what I would think if someone was sexually attracted to me. Oh, this is, you know, this makes me acceptable. Wow. Um, mm. And really, I know I'm sort of summed that up, but really that was it. So it was just a really toxic um, education around sex Mm. I was a very young child in a very adult world um and you know by by 13 years old I was in you know clubs and kissing men and doing all this sort of stuff and these men were you know in their late 20s early 30s like it was it was Mm. insane when I think about it now absolutely insane yeah wow far out 
Mm. Yeah, it is heartbreaking, really, isn't it? Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, mm. that really vulnerable anecdote. Um, yeah, and look, it's my pleasure because it's, mm. it's been part of you know that those early, really confusing experiences um, in in my life um, have been some of the greatest building blocks for me. Mm. Um, and I'm not of the belief that trauma is a gift. I don't believe it's a gift. I think it's a fucking challenging, <laughs> whew, you know, heavy mm. thing to work through. Um, and my fundamental belief is that we are born absolutely perfect. I don't even buy into karma. I believe that we are born absolutely perfect. And if we had a perfect world, we would just live a wonderful life and die perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Along comes, <laughs> you know, and one day maybe we'll get there. Who knows? But um, but along comes, you know, other humans and trauma and stuff and, you know, all these sort of things that, um, you know, then we have to spend our life reversing the effects mm. of that just to come back to who we were when we were initially born. Mm. So um, as the beautiful, perfect being we were. So, you know, these things, um, these things, you know, have been platforms for me to go deeper into myself and have been platforms where, you know what, women can come into my realm and they, they've had some, you know, I've, I've worked with some women who have experienced extraordinary trauma, extraordinary trauma, and this um, it doesn't rock me. Um, and I feel that because my childhood was so chaotic and, and there was no stability and there was a lot of risk and danger, um, it's, it's actually really hard to rock me. Now that I've worked through it, I was yeah. very rockable yeah. early yeah. on. Um, <laughs> but now that I've worked through it and I've found my feet, I've found who I am and I've, I've stepped into it, it, it really enables me to sit women um, and not be overwhelmed by their experience. Um, it's, you know, they can be really raw and really open uh, because I believe, you know, that as someone who's working in, um, you know, bringing women, you know, reminding women of their power, you need yeah. to really be able to witness where they feel disempowered. Totally. Um, and it needs to be spoken. Yeah. yeah beautiful. Um, it's, it's, I don't bypass anything, you know. It's like... If I sense something, I will say what's happening and invite them to to speak it. Mm. There's freedom in that to to really be witnessed by someone and to feel their love, to feel their stability in your most vulnerable point. Um, that's healing. That is healing. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you've got someone there who really sees you for who you are and says, "Man, I love you." you know, that is healing. Yeah, 100%. Totally. I love what you said about, you know, trauma not necessarily being a fucking gift because I just think that is like the most sickening like form of spiritual bypass ever to tell someone like, you know, oh, actually that's, that's that's you know, a gift and it's your like fucking karma or whatever, whatever, and you're going to grow so much from it and then blah, blah. And it's like, no, nah, sometimes it's just fucking shit and you spend half your adult life trying to undo the damage that went down yeah. in your childhood and it's exhausting 100%. and it's scarring. And it's the sin of another. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. imagine you're, if you're I... wearing the sin of another. 
Yeah. And like, yeah, sometimes, you know, on a good day, I might think like, oh, but if I hadn't have had all this trauma and this thing happened to me and da, 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 these experiences, I, I wouldn't be so relatable to my clients that have also, and I wouldn't have like had to do all this like reflection and self growth. But then I'm like, hang on though. If I hadn't have had all this shit, I probably wouldn't have had to have done like, I would probably, and this is, you know, you just never know and I'm, I'm happy with my lot, but like I would probably be thriving and be so far like ahead of where I'm at now because I wouldn't have had to have spent like years doing the fucking work and the trauma, like, you know, and it's a never ending thing. Like I'm still yeah. working through traumas that'll pop up. And now that I'm in this really beautiful, safe relationship for the first time in my life, it's like, or the floodgates have opened, you know, I'm like, oh shit, another whole yeah. bunch of layers are now feeling safe to come up and be integrated and processed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess like do what you got to do. But at the same time, I'm, I definitely don't see it as a gift. I see it as like, it, it has actually felt like a bit of a handicap that I've had to spend a lot of my energy and a lot of mm-hmm. years with pretty crap mental health <laughs> because of, you know, yeah. so yeah. thanks for, thanks for presencing yeah. that. And, and like, yeah, acknowledging oh. that. It's one of the huge things and, you know, you really, you really, uh, you know, when you're talking about being in a safe relationship and being able and, you know, these floodgates open, this is what happens with my clients because yeah. one of my fucking superpowers, I do have a few, but one of them <laughs> is creating safe space, yeah. you know, and, and really, but I created in a way where, you know, I'm not just, you know, initially, of course, I'm modelling and I'm showing people how to do it. But we're then instilling the skills so they can create safe space for themselves. So mm. the, the, the healing continues, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to have that, that tool belt of stuff so they can hold themselves through anything um, independent of me. Mm. I, don't, I don't want to create um, a dependence on a relationship ever. You know, mm. and this is where, mm. you know, you hold your students or your, your clients accountable and, you know all these different layers but but yeah. what i'm hearing is that that depth of you being it's different or an intimate relationship but being in that relationship um and it it, it opens doors it, it allows things to like you just swim deeper than you would otherwise totally um, yeah and that is because there's a safe space and it sounds so fucking logical but it's this logical practical side that is not is not um, executed really well. It's just mm. not executed. Integration and, and all these different parts when we talk about the spiritual communities, just, you know, there's a lot of people, facilitators, who just don't know how. Yeah. Just don't know how. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a real shame. And, you know, I've just started with... Um, you know, I've just started teaching uh, practitioners and they have to jump through some fucking hoops for me to teach them this stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just teach anyone um, yeah. you know, how to practice. It's the very first time I'm doing it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'll be making sure that my practitioners have are these integration abilities, are these abilities to hold safe space, not to just fucking elicit some experience in in their healing space, mm. um, but to really educate and instill these tools in these women who are coming for your support, who are coming 
you know, these are your, your, your soul clients that have been called to work with you. Yes, you work with their soul, but you give them the practical, practical applicable tools to mm. make sure they stay safe. They don't make random, crazy decisions in their life um, and that they create a grounded experience, a very earth-based experience where they get, um, you know, what they desire you know, whether it be career, relationship or whatever. And it's, you know, those parts, like, you know, when you're coming from a, a spiritual community where it's all like screams and yells and, you know, releases and, you know, magic fucking aliens or whatever, whatever it is, this sort of like practical, applicable part can feel a bit boring. But I tell you what, my women, as you've experienced, the women who come and work with me, they're fucking hitting goals, mm. massive goals, massive shifts, massive confidence boosts, massive, yeah. you know, connection to spirit. Like it's huge and it's because it's grounded in the earth. We are here as earthly beings in human bodies. Yeah. So this is, we need to be, we need to be practicing. Yeah. Not just It's easy just to out and connect to the heavens and of course it's appealing to go there and not come back but is it healthy as a human fuck no <laughs> no yeah and I feel like the the big like my sort of um I guess the catalyst or the start of my I guess becoming conscious of my patterns and waking up and like changing my belief systems in my life like all of that came about because I had that that resource of safety and and feeling held um when i first started doing personal development work and went to this um like it was like a workshop and there was this community of people that we were in the trenches together doing the self work reflecting each other. like it was really beautiful because obviously the facilitator was really skillful and then being around other people who were basically just witnessing i remember the most powerful thing was just being witnessed and and having yeah. like other people's reflections of me and just feeling so supported and so safe within that community of, mm. you know, friends um, and the facilitator holding that space skillfully. Like it just, it made all the difference and that was massive for me. And, and you know, what I'm hearing there as well is an absence of competition, an absence mm. of a need to perform. It's mm. just you are who you are and you are magnificent in that. Mm. And it is unique and beautiful for this world. It's not, it's not about look at how much I can do and I can be the biggest and the loudest and the whatever. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's incredible, like just mm. that space. When, when I find facilitators like that, I am just like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. It's a real art form. It's a real gift. Um, and like speaking of, you know, speaking of the, the, tangible and the practical and the earthly like I want to get into the nitty-gritty and I know it's tricky to I guess lay out and um, put into words sometimes because it's different for everyone but what do you do to start digging into the shit and the shadow stuff like how do we actually become aware of our unconscious behaviors and patterns how do you work with women to get them? Yeah, look, it's yeah. really it's really really layered um, and because I'm you know I work um, each time I run a course or each time, you know, I'm working one-on-one -on -one or each time I run a huge event, um, because I, I do something called 
what I've referred to as blind channeling, where I'm actually feeling into the people that I'm that I'm working with. So that's you know the connection to spirit part. Um, so spirit is guiding me through the whole thing, and I'm feeling into the energy of the space I'm working with. But then my human self is also um, bringing in the layers of practical application. Mm. So there's these two two parts of me that are working beautifully um, together. But one of the very first things that I do or I um, facilitate uh, is creating that safe space. So it's breaking down, um, breaking down uh, the norms, I suppose, or what's become the norms, removing competition from the space, mm-hmm. uh, educating people around, you know, what clear and healthy communication looks like, letting them know, um, you know, educating them around how to work with a trigger, how to work with a glimmer, you know, because not only can people trigger stuff in us, they can glimmer stuff in us, they can light us up. And um, ultimately is about learning to be that witness, learning to be a curious observer of self um, and treating oneself in a way that you would a friend. You know, it, it's, it's, always, it's always astounding to me that the, the conversations that people are having with themselves, the internal dialogue that they're, they're allowing you know, they call themselves all sorts of names, they're shutting themselves down, they're, um, you know, re-traumatising themselves over and over and over again with their internal dialogue and reinforcing these negative beliefs with their with negative beliefs about themselves with this internal dialogue that's happening. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know, the biggest step is becoming that curious witness mm-hmm. and just watching yourself. What happens when, um, for instance, somebody else is talking and they say something that, you know, triggers or glimmers you? What happens internally for you with that? Observe it. Start to become aware of your own patterns um, and be curious. Stop shutting yourself down. Stop arguing with yourself. And, um, you know, something that I learned many, many years ago, which was, God, so useful, really simple but so useful, is when that voice would pop up about, you know, um, let's say, you know, for my one it would be around failure a lot. You're going to mm-hmm. fail or they're going to see that you're a failure. You know, this this fraud, what's it called when someone's... Called, imposter syndrome. You know, yes, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. Oh, fuck, I used to have that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ironic, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this imposter syndrome that would come up and I'd hear this voice, you know, you're going to make a fool of yourself or you're going to fail. Um, and instead of trying to shut that voice down, instead of trying to, you know, force it into a different tone, I would just say thank you so much. Thank you. I know that's been such a useful thing in the past, but we're trying something different now. Mm. So there's no argument because these voices in our head, these internal dialogues, they're generally formed from survival patterns or, mm. they've, you know, they really have helped us up until this point. may not be great help, but those voices are trying to help. Their motivation is positive even mm. if the message is negative. Mm. So it's about um, saying, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that, um, but we're just going to try something different now. No mm. argument. 
voice starts to peter down. Yeah. And you start to replace it with something else. So, again, it's this gentle, practical application rather than these huge sweeping things where I'm going to tear that voice out of your head and, like, magic, it'll be gone. No, you're probably going to spend a good three to four months on this voice until it starts to quieten. Yeah, and, you know, just acknowledging it and, and respecting that it's it's there for survival purposes but not necessarily. Like, mm. it's there to help you survive, not to help you thrive. And surviving is really helpful sometimes, but when you're already surviving and you're actually really looking to thrive, yeah, we need a different. We need to listen to a different voice. But there's no point yeah, trying to eradicate absolutely. the voice completely from us because it's a part of us and it has been useful. So, yeah, I feel like the more you try to push something away, the the sort of more it digs its heels in. So that's that's a tool that I try to. I just say to people, treat it like a two year old. The more you try and force it, <laughs> those of yeah. you that experience with two year olds, the more you try and force it, the louder it's going to tantrum. You know, so it is. It is just, just you know, that internal coaching um, mm. of self. But really, until we're, we're we're starting to, and there's, you know, there's so many different layers to learning to becoming a curious witness of self. Um, but until that curiosity has um, has, until that person has developed that curiosity, I don't start inviting in ancient energies or you know, extra stuff until we get those foundational practices in play. And also, I'm very soft when I first start working. You know, I, I really approach people in a in a playful and fun, fun way. Mm. Um, and it's not until we get much further down the line that I start really holding people accountable once they've mm. got those tools. Totally. Um, because otherwise you're just sitting up for failure you've got to get those that scaffolding to steal mm. with you before um in so they can then really start to do to do that work and the work sticks it's not this bloody heightened experience and then nothing. Yeah. um yeah. you know it's a constant build uh itself so that's that's how i'm working but i use um well part of it god i could talk for seven hours um <laughs> And all the different different ways that we work because um, it is so individual the way that I work. But, um, you know, I bring in the beautiful energies of, of, you know, that I've been gifted enough to work with serpent, you know, and for me serpent is, you know, the grounding um, body energy. So serpent is very much of the earth and, and supports us to reconnect to our whole body, which is why a lot of women experience these for lack of a better expression, sexual awakenings because they've reconnected back into the whole part of their body. They've mm. worked through the the shadows they're they're hiding um, from shame or whatever, and they they start to go, oh, hold on, I'm having some, you know, like sexy feelings, or <laughs> you know, I feel you know, there's so much more creativity running through my body, and they're they're surprised by this. You know, I've had clients be scared to come and do meet the serpent because they think it's a whole sexy thing because there's so many people coming out um sexy (laughs) (laughs) and then which is why I then I found you Freya and I was like awesome because now because I don't do you know I'm I'm not a um you know a yoni mapper or you know I don't I I'm not doing sexualized you know sexual work um, it's a natural progression for them, my clients, to come and sit with you when they want to go deeper with that, when they want to really, um, you know, explore that part of themselves. But with the, the work, particularly serpent, it's very common for women 
to connect into their sensuality, their sexuality, their creativity, and it's all combined. It's all the same energy. Um, and, you know, it's powerful, powerful stuff. But that comes from the work with serpent and reconnecting back in all those nervous systems because these these shadows that we hold, they disconnect us from parts of ourselves. So once we're working through them, um, we, we reconnect back in and we get all these feelings. It's not just the, the fucking shit that we've been hiding, but there's all this bloody gold in there as well, like, you know, um, orgasms and sexual feelings and creative ideas and, you know, tasting life and, you know, eating the food. Like everything just becomes more, you know, when you're really grounded and really in your body, everything is sensual, you know, like... I'd bloody, you know, you should watch me nowadays eating a piece of cake on the rare occasion <laughs> I do nowadays. It's like, a, it's like a fucking whole body experience. <laughs> so I'm up in that cake like nobody's business. Um, <laughs> so this is, you know, this is the gift of, of really connecting into our life and really connecting in. And, and I use serpent with that. I guide her. Um, she, she comes actually... Um, uh, you know, the way that I work with her, she comes up through our yoni, through our womb, through our heart, through to our crown and connects us into the heavens. Um, so I know there's a lot of similarities because I've learned later to kundalini, but there is um, kundalini practices, but there is another whole, you know, that that um, practical application that, that comes with it. And I take the women through step by step with the shedding and the connecting and the shedding and the connecting. So, um, you know, they're really able to ground into it instead of just shooting off with it like a, mm. you know, a banshee. Totally. So, um, and, it, and it connects them into their wildness. You know, they get wild and they start saying, actually, I don't fucking like that. I don't like when you do that. I don't like this in my life. And they start making the changes around it um i'm actually surprised i haven't had any i shouldn't say it because i don't want to wish it but haven't had any husbands on my doorstep because (laughs) their wives all of a sudden they're going no i don't like that and i'm not going to do that Um, (laughs) yeah they're just like i'm surprised they haven't been like where's that fucking shannon what's she been doing to my wife yeah it's like um um, yeah, I mean, I'm because like what I'm kind of hearing is not only like you're using certain, uh, I guess, not frameworks, but influences like serpent energy and things in your approach, but there's it's not the same as like you know, those it's really common to find spiritual frameworks or blueprints that like prescribe you know, this really definitive way to follow them, and you've got to like fit into that like box of this and you know I think you've mentioned you use the term spiritual oppression um which is kind of akin to religious yes. dogma when it comes to that sort of thing and it's like yes you're using um elements of you know spirituality but you're also kind of helping women find their own version of spirituality their own expression of that and then just really really basic fundamental shit like self-worth and confidence and boundaries like healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. is a huge one so I feel like living outside of the box could be you know your career could be your spirituality or whatever but it's also like the way that you um that you hold yourself and that you think and feel about stuff rather than just prescribing to the the usual sort of self-deprecating blah blah like all that crap um 
yeah, you're almost sort of giving women permission and helping them remember and learn how to hold themselves in a higher regard and therefore have more self-worth and more um, expressiveness and authenticity and healthier boundaries. And so it's kind of like everything all in one, like a bit of spirituality, a bit it of is. self-development. Yeah. Yep. It is. And it's, you know, it's been birthed from, you know, my own years of, of exploration and, um, you know, study and, and, you know, I'm a great observer of people. Like I love watching people and, and learning from their experiences. And, um, you know, there's really been this, this combination of um, skill development. And so what I like to encourage in, in others is to develop, develop that skill. So develop their connection to spirit, develop their connection to serpent, develop their um, ability to... Um, create a strong boundary, develop all that. Um, and then, but who they are in that is still who they are. There is no dogma, there is no box. And for some people, that's really scary because they're like, hold on, that means I can be whatever or whoever I want to be. And it's like, yeah, actually, you'll just become who you are. Mm. That, that, that truth just steps forward. So I'm not teaching that. I'm not teaching you how to be you. You're just remembering who you are. And it's mm. about giving people the framework, the safe framework to, to do that in. And it's not dressed up in some frilly fucking white dress. You know, if you come out and you are a raging fucking black witch, go for it. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> um, you, know, it's, you know, I encourage the non-harming of others, um, <laughs> just to clarify. Ideally. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you come out and you're like a fire witch who uses their fucking orgasms to bring in abundance or whatever it is, I am like awesome. You know, do you do your checks? Is this healthy for you? Is this healthy for you? Those around you, is this, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. So we're doing all the all, all the checks. Um, but it's ultimately that that woman is birthing herself with assistance. Um I, I don't I don't say, you know, apart from you know your basic morals like don't don't hurt or ethics you know don't hurt people um that's not going to end up well for other people or for you um that's just a general law of being a human right um so apart from those basic things it's like anything goes you know i've i've worked with people who are you know really in you know corporate corporate positions or they're healers or they're like there's no a lot of nurses, actually, I get a lot of people in healthcare, nurses, doctors, dentists, like I have a lot of people who are in the helping professions um, but who who don't necessarily, um, you know, they're not, they're not fucking hippies. They're not just, um, oh, I don't know how to, yeah, they're, they're not, there's not one person, there's not one type. Yeah, when you think about spiritual work, you, you can sometimes get a picture of people who might be drawn to it. One of the things that I really pride myself on and really demonstrates um, uh, the magic of, of the work is that every single woman that I've worked with is so different from the next one, mm. so different. And when we come together, you know, because sometimes I have these gatherings and stuff, I'm like all the serpents get together or whatever. Um, you know, when we come together, I just look around and I'm like, you know, we have people from all corners of the earth, from all professions, 
There is not an ounce of competition. There is not an ounce of, like, these women are just comfortable in their skin. And it is fucking powerful when we gather. It is powerful when we gather. It is, it's like (laughs) tenfold um, of, of the energy because it's just, you know, being a woman is pretty fucking amazing. Um, and, you know, what we have within us is to be celebrated. Mm, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I um, you know, I do feel that, yeah, that, 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 authentic, that authenticity, it's coming again back to that authenticity is, is part of the magic. Mm. Is, um, I don't decide, I'm not teaching you, I'm, I'm, I'm unteaching in a safe place. Mm, yeah, totally. Well, I think this is a perfect time to do the segment TMI. We love it. Um, pretty much everything that I speak about <laughs> is too much information. <laughs> I don't know what I just live in the world of too much information. Um God, I don't know. I don't know. Do I have a story that is too much information? Mm, could be about sex or periods or pregnancy, birth. Um, could be could be anything, anything at all. And it's okay if you don't as well. Um, but I just like to ask guests for a story if they've got one, just to start normalizing talking about things that are usually kind of stigmatized and shrouded in shame and very hush hush. You know, I think it's. It's inspiring and it's empowering to um, speak more frankly right, and openly yeah. about about the things that, yeah, usually we're discouraged to talk about from a young age. Yeah. Well, look, we've probably we've probably touched on it um, earlier, which is you know karma and um, you know the idea of karma and trauma being a gift. And you know, for me, you know, my belief is that that is not true and um, quite often we're dealing with the sins of others and, you know, very early on I experienced, um, you know, sexual sexual uh, abuse mm-hmm. and, um, you know, this for me, this is probably the only thing I can think of which, but I don't, I don't actually feel like it's too much information. I, I speak quite openly mm. about this nowadays. Mm. Um, but for me, it created such an extraordinary um, amount of shame around my sexuality, um, around like I, and this is a common experience of people who have, who have had that, but sometimes you know, if, if nobody's ever had the conversation with someone, just knowing the level of shame and disgust around your own body mm. when you've experienced sexual abuse, particularly from someone who's in a position of trust, mm. um, you know, that, that it, it, it's an extraordinary, um, extraordinary thing to work through, an extraordinary trauma mm. to work through. And, you know, I still work through it to this day. You know, I still am learning to be fully sexual, to be fully comfortable with that. And it will still be sometimes if my hips move in a certain way or something like that happens, I feel this wave of disgust. Mm. And I now have the tools, I now have the tools to work my way through that and recognise what's happening. But, um, you know, this this is something that is... Oh, and I know you would experience it all the time too, Freya, but something that is so 
fucking common in women. It's unbelievable, mm. you know. And I know because that's part of my DNA, like that's all, all part of my experience in the world that um, women are quite often who have experienced sexual abuse at a young age as a child, um, they're, they're quite often drawn to me um, innately. You know, their soul knows that I get mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so it's, you know, for me that, for me that journey was, was just extraordinary. And, you know, I was well into my 20s before I experienced anything like sexual pleasure um and mm. even then it was, it was it was secret it was something that I would keep from my partners and I would just perform in the mm. bedroom I would perform for them um you know I learned how to fake orgasms to keep them happy um I learned how to perform as someone who was really good in bed because I don't know why that's just something I thought that I should be mm-hmm. um but there was it was it was like I was just a shell I was a shell when I was there um I would leave my body I would perform and then on the rare occasion there was an experience of sexual pleasure it would be by myself hidden mm. and it, it would never be if there was anyone else even remotely near the house mm. it would be so secret um, yeah. you know, and I suppose I share that, you know, just just to, um, as, as you know, to, for me it's not too much information but for a lot of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that experience of disgust, I think a lot of women, you know, when they start to heal that, oh, and they start to have pleasure in their body, like the power that comes with that, the mm-hmm. power of understanding the gift, of you know what is a gift fucking orgasms um you know all these all these these beautiful pleasurable experiences when they learn to flow that you know to to remove that um and not even remove it to work with that traumatic experience and to invite pleasures back into their body to invite creativity back into their body and to stop the performance um that's when they start to tap into their real magic Mm. Um, and you know the way we move our hips is magical. The way we stomp our feet, the way we connect to the great mother, is 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 powerful. Um, and one of my greatest learnings was when I started working with the energy of Kali Ma, um, and mm. she appeared to me. I had no idea what this was. I actually thought it was some sort of demonic presence when she first appeared because she came with blood and fire and roaring and all this sort of stuff. But that's another whole whole story. We can do another whole podcast on that. But when she appeared, one of the things that once I moved past the fact that she was was not a demon, but she was here to work with me, um, that you know one of the things that she would demand would be to connect to my orgasms, and she would demand it. Um, and I was like, oh, fuck, like this is really. It was so challenging. Um, and again, I know if someone was watching from the outside, they'd be like, "Who's demanding it? It's just fucking you." But, it was, <laughs> it was like, but for me, you know, I was having this, um, you know, experience with spirit, and Carly Ma had come in, and she would say, "This is the way you're going to cleanse your body. You're going to reconnect. You're going to be aware of the shame that comes up in your body when you experience pleasure, mm. um, and you're going to learn how to touch your body in a way." 
um, that is healing and loving and medicinal. Um, and that, you know, she really retaught me, helped me remember the, the true power of, of women and what we can do with our flow, with our creativity, with our sensuality, with our sexuality. Um, and it's very different to, you know, masculine sexuality that I that I believed existed, um, which mm. was very dominating and taking. And, you know, this was about giving and and um, being in flow and mm. being in love and the celebration of the body and the celebration of the heavens um, and bringing heaven to earth. Fuck so, yeah, Kalima. Um, she's, she's the bomb, right? She's the bomb. <laughs> she comes in quite often all guns blazing with fucking, you know, I mean, she 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 taught me to work with menstrual blood. She taught you know just lose any shame around that. Now nowadays, I just walk around, you know, I'll have bloody menstrual blood spread on my head. I don't give a shit. I'll go to the <laughs> supermarket with it. I don't care. I don't care. Right? I'm just like, yeah, deal with it. <laughs> awesome. Love but, you that. Know, it's just like, but you know, there was a long there was a long journey to that to move from this disgust, this shame, this self hatred um, around. Mm. Even the way my body would move, I was so masculine, so masculine. And people still look at me now and go, oh, "Jesus, she's a bit masculine." But I'm not. I'm fucking empowered, like female. Um, and you know, the way that um, people perceive that is 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 really interesting. Totally. Um, but yeah, I used to be completely masculine to the point that I raised my own testosterone levels to be problematic. Um, <laughs> oh my that's god! How I embodied. Yeah, that's how much I embodied the masculine because that's what you do when you've been violated. You know, I became like a man. I operated in the masculine because I felt safe that way. Mm, totally. Um, you know, I would, yeah, yeah mm. I would outman anyone. Mm, yeah, so important to, to sort of talk about those defense mechanisms and survival mechanisms that come into play after you have been violated and, and disempowered by something being done to you and control being taken away from you. And, you know, especially if it's mm. done by a man um, in his sort of unhealthy masculine, it's like, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of, um, a lot of women that have gone down a similar path or they've, um, they've kind of uh, eaten eaten so much food over the years to create you know they've even said to me like I've basically made myself fat so that I'm not desirable and I don't look sexy and because I've rejected mm -hmm. my own sexuality and femininity so much since that abuse took place and it's it's to protect myself you know um yep. which is a really common response to trauma and abuse like that so thank you for sharing that Shannon my pleasure my absolute pleasure mm. So just before we wrap up, I want to leave the listeners with maybe, you know, a question or to, you know, reflect on or some tools, say, if they wanted to begin delving into what a more authentic or, you know, maybe outside the box life might look and feel like, um, yeah, I want to give them something to kind of kickstart that process for themselves. And I also just want to sort of flag that, I mean, I keep saying like living a life outside the box or whatever. And you might be thinking like, I'm pretty happy inside this box. I'm pretty happy, like, you know, and and I, I think you, if you are feeling fulfilled and you're comfortable where you are in like a healthy way, 
that you know that's totally also fine like you don't have to be yes. a vagina masseuse you know like if you have a nine-to-five job mm-hmm. you know it doesn't mean you're too vanilla or you're too inside the box you could find that extremely rewarding and fulfilling so even though it might be a common a more common pathway in life you know or maybe you prescribe to a particular religion or spirituality and it really fucking resonates and it really works for you fabulous I'm kind of more talking about like yeah these mindsets that we start getting stuck in the belief systems that run us the conditioning that runs us like a lot of it's not even visible from the outside although it does usually ripple out into like how you choose to live your life what kinds of um lifestyle things and career things you do but yeah I I don't want to like shame anyone for being too inside the box like that's so not what I'm doing here but no that's it yeah if you want to live inside the box fucking love the box yeah make your own box fucking box 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 that's right (laughs) um but if you know (laughs) exactly exactly but yeah I kind of um I want to offer some, you know, some, maybe it's a tool, maybe it's a question, maybe it's a action step. Um, maybe you might even say like, don't try and facilitate this for yourself. Go and see a professional, come and work with me, you know? But yeah, what, what do you want to kind of leave the listeners with if they were interested in maybe unhooking from some of these, like, or even becoming aware of the unconscious behaviors and patterns? For themselves mm. look I think one of the great things to do is journal um, mm. and this seems like a really innate things again it's the simple practical stuff that really you know this habitual stuff that we do that can really start to break um, patterns ironically um, but you know and journaling with purpose so rather than just sort of like journaling random shit that happened during the day or how you felt about it you know start your journaling with the question and it can be something like um you know when do I feel most like myself um and then just allow yourself to write now sometimes when you start to write in this fashion you'll you'll certainly be coming from you know the, the active brain um but the more that you write and write and write you'll start to write from your heart um and you'll you'll feel the shift when you're starting to write like that. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of journaling uh, to, because I do believe that we, we, once we start writing, we enter a trance-like state and that's when spirit can access. So if we set the intention around that, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, um, you know, with the support of spirit and here is my question and you sit, it then becomes a channeling exercise rather than just writing from your brain, you're writing from your heart, you're writing from your soul. Mm. Um, Practising that alone will shift the way you perceive your own life and therefore shift the way you live it. Mm, Awesome. Fuck yes. So when do I feel most like myself? Do you have like one or two other questions that could give, give someone a place to start? Yeah, when do I feel most unlike myself? Mm. And this is the wonderful thing with questions. Whenever you ask one, you can ask the direct um, opposite mm. to, you know, dig down further. So it's always wonderful to have those those questions working in unison. Mm. Um, you know, you can you can ask questions like, what makes me come to life? 
you know, so it's it's what is exciting to me. Mm. You know, there's all these sort of questions. I'm actually going to, because I use this practice so much, I'm actually going to put together a deck of cards with 52 questions so you have a whole year of, of, of journaling. Oh, um, great. With all the different categories. So, like, fierce feminine, you know, um, the the all loving mother, like the different the different categories um, for women, cool um, to to really deep journal. So yeah, but you know, Google as well. Google great questions to ask. Mm, yeah, <laughs> awesome, love that. Can't wait for the card deck. That's such a great idea because I so often sit yeah. down to do some journaling and I'm like, ah. Fuck, I can't think of like it's so funny. I can give my clients journal questions, but then when I think of ones for myself, I sometimes just wish, yeah, someone came and gave me a prompt. Um, yeah, yeah, which is why I asked for something. And it gets simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a simple, it's a simple thing, but it's really useful. And and Mm. and quite often, I think we have to do these really overcomplicated things. Bullshit. That's just marketing. People just want to make it overcomplicated and difficult because then they can sell themselves to you for it. Uh, I'm not into that. I'm just like everybody can do this. Um, if you want help, I'm here. If you don't, you can go for it on your own. You know, like it's yeah. just, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. you talk, yeah, there is limitations around that. I won't open that conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we could just talk forever. It's yeah, I love, oh, dude, yes. love exploring this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe there'll be a sequel to this episode in future, but for now I'm going to leave yeah. it there. That seems like a nice place to end the epi. Thank you so much for your time, Shannon, and your generous knowledge and sharing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. Fuck and yeah. Thanks being, yeah and, and thanks for being interested in my work and um, let's hope other people are too. I know my people are, but maybe your people will be too. I reckon, I reckon, definitely. And especially if people have gotten this far all the way through the hour and a half episode, then they're obviously spelling what you're stepping in. So um, I'm going to put all the links to Shannon's work and, you know, different uh, – I know there's a retreat coming up in May, which I am going to do a little workshop at and, you know, meet yes. the serpent. There's only, there's only two spots. Yeah, there's Ooh. only two spots left. Okay. Um, so – yeah, so just just be mindful. And, um, yeah, we're taking Meet the Serpent online, so I'll shoot you through all the deets on that because that will be something that everyone can access. That access, I have to be yeah. in beautiful, sunny Perth to be able to do it. Yeah, perfect. Love that. Beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, get yourself a, uh, a Labia Lounge fanny pack or face mask while you're at it. They'll put the, I'll pop the <laughs> links to the merch in the show notes as well. little bit of a spruik for my... Um, my new merch pretty thrilled about that yeah (laughs) yeah get get one (laughs) fuck yeah i've I've already got mine i mean what are you doing cool (laughs) love it um that's it that's it folks thank you so much i'll i'll speak to you soon and that's it darling hearts thank you for stopping by the labia lounge your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. 
Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.